This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club, because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, everybody, Forever Bristol City podcast is back up and running after the extended international break. And be I'm delighted to be able to say that we're coming back, not like we usually do after an international break, with a win. Because the final score at the New York City Stadium, whatever it's called, it finished. Rotherham United 1, Bristol City 3. Joining me are Mark and Ian. Good to have you back, uh, boys, after the break, uh, as we usually do. Uh, summary of the game. You first, Ian. Summary of the game in 30 seconds. Probably our worst performance in the last three or four games. I'm thinking particularly about the home games against Sheffield United and Watford. Uh, but we scored three goals and we won. And the reason we won is we put in three de- decent crosses. Um and there's a lot to be said in that, that all four goals today came from crosses. And um, if you're talking about proper defending, uh, then none of them were defended properly. Although Alex Scott's cross was absolutely perfect for Cam Pring. Uh, congratulations to him on his first goal. Yeah. And please, please, Scotty, let's see some more crosses like that. Not the normal ones that don't get to the first post. No, that's true. Mark, your uh, thoughts in 30 seconds on the, the game overall? Um, a really scrappy affair that City deserved the wit one after play after really being cut open uh, regularly by by uh, Rotherham in the first half. It was City's clinical moments with excellent work from both Conway and Wells contributing, and Alex Scott being his usual creative self and getting another another assist in what was. Uh, a, a really a poor game, but well done to City for winning their uh, their third game on the road this season. Another rare goal from John Willi- uh, from Joe Williams, and one from Campering. Didn't see that coming either. 
No, no. And as you say, rare win, never mind on the road, rare win up there. Our first win up there since 1995, I heard. I'm sure I've seen them win since then, but uh, I'll go by somebody's better statistical. I think uh, Sean Gota was playing for uh, for uh, Rotherham that day. There was uh, a match they were showing, a uh, preview of past games with Rotherham, and yeah, Sean Gota was playing in one game. May well have been... Uh, in fact, yeah, that was that one back in '95. But anyway. I think the, the game that we won, we wore this horrible kit. I think it was green, black, and and, and red hoops. It was. I it was saw absolutely I, awful. Yeah, they were showing that. They were showing that. They certainly were. Anyway, look, um, the lineups. Uh, it had a bit of a strange look about it, didn't it, Ian? But uh, we're told, told Jay De Silva uh, was ill overnight, and Zach Viner. Um, he was ill, I think it was this morning, or maybe it was the other way around. So, you know, those two are out, still without Callas. Talk more about that uh, later. And I think the only other uh, injured players of, I'll call them real first team squad members, is the uh, is poor uh, Eamon Benner, who's tragic what's happened to him, and uh, Kane Wilson. But uh, when you look at what's available, uh, Ian, what were your thoughts on that starting lineup, excepting that Jay and Viner missed out? I think. <clears throat> When you when I looked at the team, I mean, two players you haven't mentioned, and they're they're both, as far as we know, in the land of the banished, and that's Tim Closer and Handel Masengo. Uh, so course, we, we were, yeah. they didn't even make the squad today. Um, Wilson's out until uh, end of Jan Feb. Yeah. Kala, Nigel Pearson said he'd like to see him back um, before just before Christmas. Um, Eamon is out until the end of the season. Hopefully, he'll be available at the start of next season. And uh, Jada Silva and Zach Viner were ill. And obviously, mm. the, other, the other two lads banish, which from a, a squad of 24 um, leaves you a bit short. Hopefully, Zach and um, Jay will be back next week in, in some form. When I looked at the side, I actually thought they were going to go uh, 4 3 1 2. Uh, with Tanner at right back, King and Naismith in the middle, and bring it left back, um, and Andy Vyman in the hole. As it was, they played more of a 3-5-2. I've said before, I'll say it again, <laughs> injured playing there, Andy Vyman at right wing back is an antic, not a tactic. I don't like yeah. it. And when you had Mark Sykes sat on the bench, why do it? Um, like looking at how Mark Sykes played when he came on, I thought he was a bit sloppy, to be honest. But totally yeah, agree with you. You could have, you, the could right have level, you could have leveled that accusation at virtually every player in our team. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the things. I mean, Max was kicking, uh, kicking balls under. You know, unforced errors, kicking balls straight out of play. We were missing out with three and five yard passes at times, um, and we kept doing that. Now we did all those things, and like I say. Was it a great performance? Absolutely not. But we we had a little bit of quality in the final third. We put in decent crosses for a change. And look what happens. And so many goals in football are scored from crosses one way or another. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's keep working on that and, and improve that. And Because I think it's absolutely key we get maximum points out the next three games. Because that will go a long way to shaping the rest of our season. Oh, you're right. Well, talk about that, talk about that in a minute. Talk about that in a minute, the, the, the balance of games, because there's a glut of games uh, coming up. I mean, uh, Mark, the uh, lineup. Ian sort of said, and some people were saying on Twitter, you know, not quite sure how it's going to, what, what it's going to uh, 
look like. Uh, I heard Nigel Pearson's post-match interview and he said having three in midfield does make a difference, yeah. Um, I, I guess from the players available, there was no real surprise in, in how the team uh, shaped up. I mean, although would you think maybe um, Atkinson unlucky to be uh, to be left out? Because he's not really done anything wrong, has he? No, I mean, I would have expected Atkinson to play play left centre back with uh, left yeah left centre back with with Naismith in the middle if Naismith was back because although he's done okay I wouldn't say King's really been 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 <coughs> tested uh, tested there although he did he did okay against he did he did well against Watford what's strange about this and you know we shouldn't be surprised at the fact that Nigel Pearson doesn't deviate from from uh, you know from playing with a a, a a defensive three is that we just don't lo- utilize those wing backs at all. Uh, we really did one despite despite the wing backs they were they were far too deep uh, sitting on top of their uh, on top of the centre backs in the first half, which gave us problems. And I think the only the only uh, player who played as a wing back who got forward really in the second half was Sykes after uh, Weiman, Weiman went off injured. It was really despite them, not because of them, that, that we won. It was, uh, you know, some some good balls behind uh, behind Rotherham's midfield, uh, especially in the first yeah. half, where they were very weak on their uh, right hand side, and Wells and Conway exploited that fantastically, and that that's why Wood had to go off at half time as he was yeah. so poor. But we just don't utilise those wing backs. You know, we want to see. You, you think playing a, a midfield, a flat midfield five. That those players at some point would go bombing on and provide, you know, provide some width, or or perhaps, yeah. you know, hit hit the, you know, get into striking positions, especially Wyman because he's really a forward or a a number ten, isn't he? Well, uh, I thought he had an indifferent game. I thought he had an indifferent game until he. Yeah, until he I mean, he, he never he, when he did want to get into the game, he was he was kicked out of it. So it was a shame, yeah. but there you go. Okay, let's get into the action. I mean, City got a corner. Uh, is my dog having a big bark in the background now? City got a corner early on, and I thought, oh, here we go. Poor kick, straight to the uh, near post, taken by James. And then, Ian, it was, um, you know, we were under the cosh. I would say it was against a run of play because I've got before that first goal, because I've got here Barlasser. Talk more about him because he's somebody who we're so to say going to be linked with if he's out of contract in the summer. But six minutes, Barlasser to Ogbeni, he overran the ball. Uh, James lost possession, uh, sloppy play by Naismith on one occasion. Wiles had a shot saved, Rathbone had a shot deflected, couple of corners. When we scored that goal, it was uh, against a run of play. And would you agree? And talk us through the goal because it was a classy goal, wasn't it? You're talking about our first goal, yeah. Our first goal, um, yeah. Yeah, Conway, Conway gets away, and every time we had an opportunity to run at their defenders, they couldn't deal with Conway and Wells. Um, it was a classic example. You had two sides out there today who struggled to defend, uh, but they're both decent going forward. So Tom, Tommy Conway got on the ball facing. Well, first of all, I'm sorry, the first goal. Naki, Naki Wells turns fairly turns their centre-back. The referee did well, did well there, not to give a foul. Uh, off he goes, faces up the defender, a little step over, and puts in a really good left foot cross. Uh, and their defender's got Conway coming in behind him, and he sticks his leg out, and he goes in the net like a rocket. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, no, it just 
you know, if like I say, if you put the ball in the box in good areas, all sorts of stuff can happen. And and that's just an example of a bit of good luck for us for a change. I think yeah. the, was the defender's name Harding. Yes. Yeah, Wes Harding. He's been around for years, hasn't he, Wes Cracking Harding? goal. It was a cracking goal, wasn't it? <laughs> but there we go. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so City were were very much back in the game. And then they should have had uh, two, really, uh, the second goal, rather, because it was one of those balls that justifies why Naismith is in the side. And I'd still like to see him in the middle. But he passed it to Conway. Conway couldn't get his cross in and then they countered and Mark tell us about the goal as you saw it but yeah well the build-up because the build-up to it started in 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 uh, their penalty area wasn't it so we should have gone two up and then we find ourselves at 1-1. Yeah I mean uh, Naismith played a blind pass inside to Conway and all he had to do I think he, he could have he could have crossed it back could have could have hit it across the six-yard box for uh for Naki Wells in the back back post but I think he hit it behind Scott or another player who was coming in then it was taken up the pitch I think it was either Rathbone or Wiles played it to Norton Cuffey on the right Cam Pring tried to get a foot tried to get a foot in but Norton Cuffey looped it to the back post and a Benny headed it in and he had about three players around him it was awful goal to see. Goal, it was basically it, really? on the he was on the line adding yeah. it in and uh, you know players shouldn't shouldn't score from there but uh, it was really uh, on the balance of play Rotherham had had, had quite a lot of the play early on and bar laser had, uh, had played had played in whilst of that like you said he come across and had tra- dragged a, sh- a shot wide when well placed and you know they were uh, deservedly on terms, but a very poor goal to concede again, and that started the alarm bells ringing. Yeah, that that uh, Norton Cuffey uh, was a decent player for uh, an eighteen-year-old. Uh, yeah, he's on loan Chelsea. from Arsenal. Is he? Oh, there you go, another loan yeah. player. Chelsea, I thought. Was he Chelsea? Was he? All right, he's on loan from a London club. There you go. You can't get it wrong if you say that. Um, I mean, just after the goal, Norton Cuffey again, he beat Pring. Now, Nigel doesn't like, doesn't seem to like praising Cam Pring, but he said today in the post-match, that was probably Cam Pring's, uh, one, of, one of Cam Pring's best game for the clubs. But Norton Cuffey beat Pring, and then he nutmegged Naismith, and you're thinking, here we go. But, uh, you know, when they got that equaliser, Ian, your, your thoughts on the goal as well, you know, it was, it was a shoddy defence, and you're thinking, are we going to fall behind? But we didn't. Yeah, it was shoddy defending. I mean, you can forgive Naismith a bit. It was his first game back after a couple of months out. So he's going to be a little bit um, out of touch. Out of touch, campering, not so much so. He struggled. But where what they didn't do was get close enough together and drop somebody back on that left-hand side of our midfield, Scotty, somebody else, to stop it because it was the same pass from Rotherham for the entire first half. They hardly went down the left-hand side at all. But they, they just kept playing the same ball to the same bloke on the same side of the pitch. And when you've got a midfielder like Barlasser, and he's out of contract at the end of the season, I would love to see City. He's one, well, Ian, if you didn't read the uh, article in the uh, Bristol Live, I think it was this week, he was one of the players that was mentioned that would be one of our top 10 targets and possibly affordable. And, and since you mentioned him... Uh, uh, and I did earlier. We'll we, we pick up on him now. I mean, he looked. I thought he faded. I mean, there was another instance after our after we took the lead where he was allowed the time on the edge of the box to shoot, and Max did a good save right at the end of the uh, first half. But uh, 
he did look at he, he did look a decent player. So you could see somebody like him. He, he would walk into our side. Would you say, Ian? Uh, he would. Yeah, he he's your play. Uh, he, he's your quarterback. So I don't like the expression, but some people use it. Um, he's a quarterback kind of guy that people can play off, and he always seems to have bags of time. Um, so yeah, I, I like him. Uh, one of the other yeah, I did read the article. One of the other players um, suggested was Cooper, the centre half at Millwall. Now, that's mm-hmm. another another big, strong, difficult to mark as we know it set pieces player who's another one that's out of contract. So you know, a cheeky bid in January if we could afford it, or uh, wait to the end of the season and players from clubs like Millwall and Rotherham should be affordable from a wages standpoint, depending, of course, who, who else is in for them. Of course, oh, exactly. And do they want to be bench warmers? Or if they come to us, they've got to be in the team because there's no point in getting players that don't improve what we've got. Um, Mark, I'll come to you for the uh, the goal that put us in front. And Ian, after Mark's spoken, you can have a, a word on it as well. But it was almost a replica of what had happened uh, just before their equaliser because, again, Naismith, feeling Conway, and uh, he, he had a lively game, Conway, without actually uh, putting the ball in the net himself. But uh, tidy little, well, great cross, well, great pass, great cross, and uh, neat finish from uh, Joe Williams, his second goal for the club and his second goal in the last five games, I guess, yeah? Yeah, I mean, Tommy Conway was, he, he and, and, and Wells were just chasing down everything. And uh, what what amazed me if you how 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 high the ball bounced on that pitch? I don't know if I had a rubber under rubber underlay, but it seemed really firm. That the balls that when the ball hit the deck, it seemed to bounce up about uh, ten feet in the air. But yeah, he got the ball. He got the ball on the left on the left hand side again, and played a, ter- a terrific cross. And Johansson, I think, got a hand to it, but it went straight to Williams. And like West Brom. Great to see midfield players making runs into the area. We don't do it enough. And there he was for his second goal. You know, Joe Williams hadn't scored for City before this season and now he's got two away from home. Absolutely terrific. What did you think of the goal, uh, Ian? You know, it was, as you say, from another cross. Um, and Naismith linked well with, uh, with Conway. Before... Uh, Rotherham scored. Just like to point out that Tommy Conway should have, if he'd have crossed the ball properly, we could have been two nil up. Oh yeah. yeah, that would have never happened. Um, so yeah, good, good cross, um, good cross from Tommy. It looked to me like the keeper punched the ball onto Williams, so it may have been an inadvertent touch. I, I don't know. I could be wrong, um, but the ball. The ball's gone in the net. It doesn't matter. And Joe's pretty lethal from about three yards, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, I remember the goal he got at Blackburn last season. Yeah, that was sort of like... Uh, was it him who scored it? No, no sorry, it, it was, was, uh, it, was, it, was it was it was Andy Vyman. He sliced it. He tried to cross yeah. it and he, he actually sliced it off the outside of his foot and it was spinning in the air and Vyman followed it in at the back post. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were in the ascendancy then, and uh, I've got a couple of other incidents before half time. Scott put in a good, I thought Scott had one of his better games. And as Ian said earlier, if he can participate in the game more and we see more of his balls, but he set up Wells this time, and that was a good save from, I think it was Johansson in goal. And then Tommy Conway was fouled, free kick in a good position. But you know, with us, it's not going to uh, come to anything. Two corners didn't come to anything. So we went in at half time. 
2-1 up. Uh, second half, um, Vyman went off after uh, 52 minutes and there wasn't a great deal going on until, uh, I'll call it the uh, decisive um, the decisive goal because, you know, City need two, two goal advantage to be uh, for, for you to sort of feel reasonably relaxed. But uh, 72 minutes, Scott had a shot saved by Johansson. The court, short corner, I think it was, worked its way to Scott. And as Ian said earlier, great cross and uh, campering in there with a header. Again, another nice goal, wasn't it? And your thoughts on that one, Ian? Put your microphone on, Ian. I will now. Um, so, talking about the third goal, campering. Yeah, yeah. First, first goal for the club, which is lovely to see. Fantastic header from a fantastic cross. And if you put the ball into the box like that, a real flat ping, you don't need blokes at six foot seven to get their head on it. Uh, Cam, Cam's about six one, and he's gone in there with real strength and purpose got it right in the middle of his forehead, just gone past the keeper like a rocket. So, great header. Just, just quickly make another point, because I might forget it. Our corners today, why were we hitting long eye balls to the far post? Honestly, it didn't work. Stop doing it, please. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. All right, Mark, uh, the, the, the goal, I mean, again, we're 3-1 up, uh, but... Max distinguished himself late on. I mean, I've got on 90 minutes, he did uh, a save. I think it was from high. Um, but then that's... Or maybe... Did he do two saves late on? I mean, the, the yeah, final he one. Yeah, he, he saved it from high to his left. He pushed the ball out and it spanned back for a corner. But the right. save but then from there was the was other one in about the 95th minute. I mean, that was top draw, that was, wasn't it? The way he touched that round the post and confirming that he is without doubt our number one keeper. I mean, I know Ian said he sent a few uh, into touch, but um, bloody uh, uh, Frankie Fielding was doing that for about two seasons. Yeah, but uh, that save was classy, Mark, wasn't it? Yeah, because it was behind him. And uh, yeah, Kelly headed the ball. The ball was going was going just inside inside the corner of the goal high. And determination, to, you know, to uh, it would only have been a consolation goal, but it was an absolutely terrific save. And I think our second half defensive display was really good because the first half, uh, Norton Cuffey, who is actually, he is out on Arsenal player, and he started at Chelsea, but he, oh, wow. I think he, he, he did go to what he's on loan from Arsenal. But, he, you know, he was, he was beating, he was beating uh, Naismith uh, it, it will. And I think once they'd, um, once they'd, uh, we, you know, we made the lines a bit tighter in the second half. They didn't get, I think they only got behind us a couple of times. We were yeah. much tighter. We were just very poor in possession because we, we had the chance to get behind them a few times. At the end, I think all you could say with Semenyo was he, he was a nuisance because uh, he couldn't hold on to the ball either. It set, he had one it, good it, chance, death. didn't he, when he mishit it as he does and almost got on it. And then he got himself but for kicking the ball away, what an absolute muppet doing that, eh? Yeah, it's, I mean, a bit silly. Like you said, I mean, yeah, there was a ball played out of defence, and he and he, and he uh, tagged on to their their defender, and, and he had the beating of him. And if, with a bit more composure, he'd have had a shot. But he ended up he ended up running it out of play. What he did do was he kept the ball well in the corner, and that five minutes of injury time. I mean, it, we, we 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 ran the clock down brilliantly, didn't we? 
they, there was there was hardly anything there apart from that header by Kelly. Nothing, nothing to it. It'd be no, nice to did. see us do. It would have been great if we'd have done that against the likes of Preston last season and uh, against Blackpool this season uh, when we were when we were you know when we we should have really uh, managed to game it th- it three two and two yeah. and two one respectively. But a poor game. It was clinical, a poor. clinical yeah. moments from City, and it's about results. Not the performance right now. We need Correct. to pull away no, from the bottom of the table, right. and that's what right. it's all about. Yeah, Ian. I know you criticise Max for his kicking, but you know those two saves. I mean, he has established himself as the number one, and were Dan Bentley to go in January rather than almost inevitably in the summer, um, you know, we got young Badgick in the background there. But you know, Max is you know, a half-decent championship goalkeeper. Now, fair to give him that level of credit? Yeah, I would. And I thought the saves he made, the one to his left, you'd have been very disappointed if that went in. The one for the header, when he's coming back across the goal, he has to really stretch out. And he got a good, strong hand on it. He didn't just tap out in front of him. He pushed it out to the side with with both the shot and the header. Um, But the, the header, you would have expected to go in. Um, so that that was a great save. Uh, throughout the game, it, I don't think either goalkeeper missed. Uh, Rotherham had fifteen shots and got five on target. We had five shots and got four on target. So that that says a lot for the quality um, of of our players over theirs. But uh, I, th- I think it's a. I, th- I think Max is. Definitely the first choice. Yeah. I think Dan Bent is a fine keeper. I wouldn't mind him staying, but I don't think he's going to stay anywhere. A, if, if they're not offering him the right money at the age he is. And secondly, if he thinks he's not going to be first choice, unless obviously he goes to a Premier Division club, is their second or third choice, but doubles his salary. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what happens. I remember looking one year at loan players we could get. And at the time, Fulham had six goalkeepers and they were all people I'd heard of. You know, none of them were kids at the academy. They were all no. guys with experience in the championship in the Premier League. They had six. So, yeah. you know, it depends how far down the pecking order he wants to go. No, that's true. That's true. Um, Mark, what did you uh, think of the referee uh, today? I mean, he wasn't as uh, prolific with the yellow cards like a certain referee was in the... Uh, Quarter final game in the World Cup. I only mentioned the World Cup today, by the way, for reasons. Uh, only mentioned the Spanish obvious. Inquisition, do they? Oh, you have to be a Monty Python yeah. fan to remember that. Yeah, actually. yeah, you have to be. A yeah, you, you mean the, the, there's refer, there's a I mean there's a they set a very high bar for physicality in in the champ in the championship, uh, yeah. as as we know. I mean, our Pring was crunched by Norton Cuffey in the second half, and I thought he would have got a book would have got a book in. But yeah, if you don't see the ref too much, generally they've had a good game, and I thought thought this this one was fair. I don't know the name of the guy, but I did hear it start a commentary that he refereed the uh, the fantastic Boreham Wood Cup win uh, a certain uh, club the other week. So uh, oh, really? that was that was the interesting Samuel, fact today. His name's Samuel Barrot, B A W R O T. Oh, he's from Huddersfield. I remember somebody posting on uh, that's right, Yorkshire. Tip that he's uh, he was from Huddersfield, so that that was quite yeah. interesting. Anyway, look, the key thing is we ended a run of five championship matches without a win 
with mm. this victory at Rotherham. Look, I've just read that off the BBC website. Five games without a win. But we put that right today. So we now are one game off uh, the halfway stage of the season and it's a match against uh, Stoke City who drew 2-2 at home to Cardiff today. They were 1-0 down, drew... Got, went got level, went two one up, and then uh, and, and then ended up drawing two two. So we got Stoke and West Brom, two home games. Ian, you've already said we want to win the next three. It's to, sort of going to shape our season. I said before we went live, win next week and do a simple doubling. That's a sixty point season. Lose next week and do a doubling. It's a fifty four point season. And sixty points buys you probably twelfth up to 10th, whereas 54, well, you know, I think you've said, Ian, in the past this season that, you know, 50, a club could go down with 50 points this season. But, uh, you know, what, what do you think the manager will change the side at all going into the Stoke game? If he says about Callas might be ready before Christmas and Viner was, uh, was, was, was um, just poorly on the day of the game or the day before. Would you make any changes? Would you think Nigel will make any changes? I mean, yeah, would I? Yes. Would he? Yeah, probably. If Zach Viner's fit, I think he plays it at right centre back instead of George Tanner. Okay. Because um, I'd rather see George Tanner at right wing back. Um, and uh, then you could, Cal Naismith can play to, um, you, if Andy, if he wants to keep Andy King in the centre of it, and he, he seems to like Andy King playing there. Uh, then Cal Smith, Naismith can play left in campering, uh, can do the left wing back role. And then I, in front of that, I wouldn't change much because I don't think we can. Um, there isn't a midfield player down there that's ripping up trees to get into the side. Um, and I think Conway and Wells are our best bet as a combination to score goals at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask about Wells. He were, I mean, considering he's what thirty-two going on thirty-three, or certainly thirty-one going on thirty-two, oh, yeah. he works hard, doesn't he? You know, and I mean, he, the kid, the kids is fit. As a, yeah, yeah, the, the kids is fit as a robber's dog, and like you say, he's thirty-two and he's not twenty-two, and he's really strong for a small guy. Yes, you know, the way the way he shrugged off that centre half to get away, and because let's let's be. Brutally honest, normally the service our front players get is nothing short of woeful. Yeah. And it's a, it's normally a surprise that we score uh, as many goals. Uh, like I said, the other change, I mean, I would not, assuming that Andy Byman's fit, because we don't know how bad his injury is, but hopefully he's fit, um, I, I'd still like to see Byman in that 10 role or playing a bit deeper like Scott is today. Then mm. you'd have to decide who you left out. Um so, you know, we have got one area of the field, touching wood as I speak, um, that we have got options is up front. Um, so, and depending on what we do in, in, in January, I'd like to see us sign up to three players right down the middle of the team. Uh, then I think, uh, you know, we have, got, we have got that opportunity. And that's another thing that winning a few games on the spin a, it helps with confidence. B, we're not looking over our shoulders thinking, oh, God, we're going to be in relegation trouble. Um, and the other thing it does, it makes players who look at the club, and they obviously look at the table and bring a few people or whatever they do. And, 
it makes them more keen to come down because they can think, well, you know, if you look at after we played today, and I haven't looked at the table since, we were 17th and we were four points away from relegation and six points away from the playoffs. Well, it's exactly, I'm looking at the league table now, Ian, and we're sat there in 16th on 27, yeah, with 22 games played. Yeah. And Hull and 21st have played a game fewer on 24. West Brom have played two games fewer and they're on 23. So beating West Brom on uh, Boxing Day is uh, is an absolute must. Mark, Stoke City under Alex Neal, they, they seem a bit of a trouble club of late, don't they? Since they got rid of Michael O'Neill and then they had, um, they had somebody since in between who didn't stay very long and they've gone on to Alex Neal. But it would be good to, you know, if they beat us, they leapfrog us. If we beat them, it's the halfway stage of the season and we're, dare I say, you know, we start to get within touching distance of the playoff zone. Because, you know, if we did win, you know, three or four games over between now and, well, it's five games in total. We've got off to a winning start. I said six points was a minimum requirement between Swansea and the, uh, uh, between now and the Swansea game in the FA Cup. Uh, 15 points up for grabs. Six was the minimum. We've already got three of those. But, uh, you know, what's a good points target, um, Mark, for you on those remaining now four games between now and the FA Cup round three and the transfer window opening? Uh, well, we've got um, Stoke, West Baggies. Brom, uh, yeah, West Brom, Coventry, and then uh, what's the game after? Millwall that? and Coventry, Millwall and Coventry, Millwall, and, Millwall and, 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 Co- and Coventry. So that's Millwall, that's Millwall away. I mean, the Stoke game, Stoke's, Stoke's interesting because they've only won they've only won three games at home this season, but they won four away. They beaten they beaten Blackburn away, which everybody everybody seems to beat Black, Blackburn is still still in uh, in third in third place, but they lost again today. They, well, they've home. lost more games than we've lost Blackburn. Yeah, they just win. They but they they win more, you know. So they're uh, well, they're, they're that's right. They've games. not drawn a single game this season because we had yeah. that. Uh... That, that, that a few years ago, Stoke. Yeah, I mean they've they've Stoke have won two two of their last five. Beat Wigan away, then lost at home to Birmingham. Beat beat Luton, lost to lost to West Brom. So it's a it's a game. City, you know, City really want to win. Uh, you know, to start looking at the table and scoring some goals because the goals are dried up at Ashton Gate. I mean, the goals are, dry, are dried up everywhere till to, till today. You know, scoring free on the road, it was unheard yeah. of. You know, our early season form, we, I think we scored about ten goals in in thirteen games. I remember I equated the last the last podcast, very poor. So hopefully that's the shape of things to come. But if you you know put good crosses into the box and you've got those midfield players arriving late, that's the sort of thing that you want to do. Make you know you've got yeah. to make things happen when uh, yeah. you know you're poor you're poor in possession. Be clinical in those. In those moments, and yeah, it's a game we we should win. There'll be a fantastic crowd down there, over twenty thousand. I'm sure there'll be a bigger wave following from West Brom on Boxing Day. Yeah, uh, and then uh, then we got Millwall away, which will be be another scrappy game. But we just have to hang in there. I think we could beat Coventry in an open game of football. Although they've, uh, you know, I think they got the Player of the Month in Giocares, so they're they're looking up again, and of course they got those games in hand. And where are they supposed to be playing as well? Because they've been banned. Yeah, from because they, they were because after Mike Ashley took over um, took over the stadium, he's given them notice. Yeah, he served them. I don't think that affects notice. them too much. I don't think that affects them uh, too much with their, um, you know, what their thoughts are. 
to be fair. But uh, Ian, look, this is the first time we've had a podcast uh, since the finances came out. Um, the losses, uh, you know, it's, we've lost 70 million over the last couple of years. It's utterly ridiculous, really, isn't it? A club like us should be losing that sort of money. But, you know, we've been reassured by our soon-to-be-departing uh, chief exec that there's not going to be any points deduction. Do you think uh, players have to go out through the door in Jan before anybody does come in, Ian? And do you think somebody, do you think somebody might come in for one of our starlets and top of our starlet list at the moment, I have to say, I think is Tommy Conway. Yeah, but you know, what, what's your thoughts on the losses and do we have to sell before we can buy? In fact, I think that's been said officially by the club. I think, I think the question is, will they come in at a price we'd accept? And my expectation is no in January, possibly in the summer. Uh, I think we could bring in, I think it will probably be loans or a, or a bargain now. Because I think we're going to be about twelve million inside of financial fair play, and we know that the club ain't got any money, but we know Steve has. And if we were in a decent position, um, Steve Lansdowne might say to him, "Well, look, if you can pick up a player like Barlasser for, I don't know, a million quid, and perhaps pick up Cooper for three hundred grand or something like that." You mean go for them now? Go for them now in January? Well, their clubs have got the same choice as we have. They either say, we're going to keep Amir and play this season. One thing, I don't think we're in a position where we've got to let anyone go on the cheap. Uh, So and when I say anyone, I'm talking Conway, Scott, Semenyo, really. Um, Somebody might come in for uh, Dan Bentley, but they might not. And to be honest... Championship keepers aren't a rare commodity. And you, you like I said, lots of these Premier clubs have got five or six. You can bring in a, a keeper on an emergency loan. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't forget, I don't think he's he's ready yet. Uh, we've we've also got Stefan Badgett. So I, I think it will be, if there's no activity in the first two weeks of January, mm then I don't think there'll be any activity. Unless, you know, okay, you're always in that position where somebody comes in and offers daft money for for one of your players. But I I don't think, particularly Antoine, I don't think he's playing well enough to attract any kind of bid. No, no, he didn't. He had his cameo role and that stupid booking at the end. I mean, uh, just for kicking the ball away. That was uh, mad. Um, Mark, here's here's an interesting one. I mean, Naki Wells is out of contract in the summer. Yeah, if you're an aspiring League One club, yeah, um, do you come in with a cheeky bid for Naki Wells, and I mean a really cheeky bid, and maybe you know get you the goals to fire you into the Championship, or take him on loan and pay half his wages? That you know, just to help you get, you know, because no other check, we're not going to sell to another team uh, or loan to a team that's down the bottom where we are. But how how harebrained is that idea of somebody coming in for Wells and taking him on loan between now and the end of the season, paying half his wages, which let's say that's his wages, let's say his wages are 22 grand, you know, that would free up 10 grand to fund loan signings or the wages between now and the end of the season of, you know, loan loan players. What do you think, Mark? 
I I don't think he'll, he'll go out on loan. Um, I don't think anybody body will come in for him. If he, if, I mean, it is age. He's thirty-two years old now. Um, I think he'd like to stay at City, but he'll be on. I mean, his wages are going to are going to be going to be possibly half. I imagine if he want if he wants to stay, if he wants regular first team football, and he's he's good enough. He's still good enough to play in the Championship. I thought his career was over at the end of last season, but he's come back with a, with a bang. I think he's been been absolutely superb professional. And yeah. he's he's really helping Tommy Conway up there, and they deserve you know deserves to be he deserves to be starting every game. Um, I, I you know I want to see him see him stay at stay at Bristol City. I don't know how many more years he can get there, but if the club can come to some agreement, it'll have to he'd have to take a huge pay cut. But I can't see any 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 uh, any League One teams even with a cheeky bid. Nobody's got nobody's got any money, and if they're gonna if they if they're gonna come in on loan. You know, even paying half his wages, ten grand a week. I don't think anybody can afford that. A League One club, and they've got that money, have they? Well, I don't know. There's a you know, there's a few a few clubs at the top of that division that okay, Ipswich are storming away with it. But you got um, you got your Derbys and your Sheffield Wednesdays that okay. Well, Derby got any got, money? But, but well, think, no, think, all right, they haven't got. And Sheffield Wednesday? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was all, just yeah, they've all, it was all just that speculation. Money problems, I mean, they? Ian, uh, there was he, he got a cameo today, Sam Bell. Uh, I haven't seen enough of him, but I mean, he's a bit quick, but he's not done anything for me. He's being tipped as a lone out player. Would you see that as a good move for Sam Bell going out to a League One side for the balance of the season? Yes, I would, is the answer to that question. Hey, on Naki Wells, why on earth would City get rid of him to a League One club on loan in January? Save wages. Nah, it's not. it's not enough. No, it was just a, I was just throwing it out there. Say just... four months, and you might let him go out on loan, and you might get relegated. I mean, what kind yeah. of plonkers are we going to look if we do that? I think the suggestion about someone coming in for Chris Martin on loan. Yeah, Lisa's like Lisa just said that on the text. Yeah, I've yeah. mentioned I've mentioned that. I think I've mentioned it on on here before. But if we do that with Chris Martin, we have to bring in a similar or you know, a decent striker. And, and the three players that I'd sign would be a right-sided centre-back, who we know we're looking for, a quality midfield player, and I'd bring in a, a proper number nine. Unless you're going to do something like promote Seb Palmer Hall. And that was the name I was thinking of, the player that you've yeah, said a few I'd, times. I'd, I'd, you know, give the kid, I'd like to see the, the kid given a show because he is a proper number nine. He's a big kid. He's strong. He's quite quick. He's a good finisher and he's good in the air. So mm. why not? Um, but I think Sam is at the point of his career now where he needs to go out on loan um, and, and play for a, a decent League One or League Two side. You know, somebody like uh, go out under Cots at, at Shrewsbury. Yeah. Um, so, somebody like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Sam's at the stage where it's good for him. He's not going to get enough first-team footballer and knocking in loads of goals for the under-21s is lovely, but... It, you know, it, it's not something that's uh, going to get pulses racing. So, and I think he's, I think he's a good striker. He's quick. He's got a nice first touch, and he, he's a good finisher. But I'd like to see him. Um, uh, I, I'd like to, I'd like to see him go out and get that loan, um, assuming that that no one else goes out the door. And I don't think they'll let any of them go because we're not going to be safe from relegation uh, 
in, in January or anything like it. No. No. What about, um, I, I was saying, uh, players coming back, Mark, Duncan Idahan came back from Grimsby uh, it, a bit early, or was it a half-season loan anyway? It's all gone a bit wrong for Duncan, hasn't it? Yeah, and he looked so assured and what what have you and you know, made the first-team squad towards the end of last season, but it, it, it's just totally gone wrong for him, hasn't it? Yeah? Yeah, I mean, I... It, it, you know, he's got, the lad's still got time. I mean, I know Riley Towder, when he was out on loan first at Grimsby, he didn't do uh, do very well. And then he now he's you know he's, he's doing getting exceptionally good for, reports for, for Wimbledon. Yeah, so he, you yeah. know he's still they got he's still, a draw. Yeah, he's, he's still he's still got a chance. Um, so you know some loans don't suit some players. You know, pro, you know, you know, move into another city, move into another city. Far from home, you know it can be can be difficult for younger players. There are other circumstances that may may affect their affect their game. So no, it's not too late for him. And hopefully, if he gets another opportunity, um, he'll be able to take it and um, come back stronger. Yeah, you don't think we'd recall Riley Towler either, or was his a season long? I think it was season long, wasn't it? Or is it? Do we have an option? We can recall him, uh, but we're not going right. to. But Idahan. Uh, was was recalled and before he went out, I, th- I think there may have been an a, an issue about attitude. Mm. So I, I I think he's a good player, and I think he he can come back. But I don't I I prefer to see him go out on another loan uh, again. I mean, you've got Paul Simpson who's who's in charge up at Carlisle. Carlisle. So it could have been that there was a conversation. Simo said we don't want him, or it could have been that Pearson said, well. Recall him uh, because if I can't get a right-sided centre back, I'll bring back a left-sided one. Yeah, yeah, and of course, yeah. You know, do you think we'll ever see Callas wear a City uh, shirt again? Um, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, the poor bloke seems to be having uh, a one problem after another and that's what happens when you've been out for a long time so he's, he's he's had the operation i think it was on his his groin then he did his knee now he's done his calf yeah um, he was selling uh, himself in some resort the other week wasn't it when they were having uh time well, off yeah yeah i mean but you can go in you can go on holiday and, and have oh, a no. can't you you can't play professional football if you can't run and i mean he looked I would say for he didn't look his normal self when he came on and made those cameos against West Brom, no, then helped uh, throw one in the net against Millwall. So um, I, I wish him well. I I think we probably will see him back in a City shirt, but I, I wouldn't be taking any bets on when. No, Mark, do you think uh, uh, Tim Close will become uh, this season's uh, Chris Brunt? I can't. Or contract by mutual consent, leaving him out the start, leaving him out the eighteen today, might suggest that as a possibility. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a possibility. Um, if he's not featuring in Nigel Pearson's plans, he's only contracted to the end of the season. That might be, you know, that might be the best decision um, for both for both players, a player and club, and give him a chance to go back to Switzerland on Callas. You know. Players, you know, have injury problems. It's like a domino effect, isn't it? I mean, remember uh, Steve Brooker, the guy, the, you know, somebody told me that he had a, the body of a player. He was ten years older. He just suffered one injury at the after another. Yeah. Couldn't play two two consecutive games. 
And I think Callas will go at the end of the season. I don't see his offering him a new contract. So, you know, just, just one of those just one of those things. Yeah. We haven't seen him we haven't seen the best of him in the in the twilight of his city contract, but yeah. we've got players coming through and I think now we'll be looking to to, to you know to polish gems uh, coming up the leagues and looking to push players through the the academy and it's the and players it's doing exceptionally who come well. through the academy yeah the the the, the Camperings, the Alex Scotts and Tommy Conway which should make us make us proud you know Max O'Leary they come they come through the academy and they're they're in the first team and that's the best way the best way forward you know players who've got desire and passion uh, for Bristol City every time they go out on a pitch uh, you know they're giving they're giving their all, so you know that's what we want to see. Definitely and definitely. And look, we can't let today go without saying a word for uh, somebody who celebrated uh, twenty five years at the club this week. Uh, a legend, not only as a player but as a bloke around the place. What he does, he's the kit man now. Um, and uh, Scotty Murray, I mean, some great tributes on uh, Twitter and a lovely little video put together with people wishing him well, going from people like Joe Bryan to uh, Lee Peacock and Matthews as well, Lee Matthews, all on there. Uh, Ian, your you, final comment. Any, what, what's an abiding memory of yours of Scott Murray, if you have to pick anything that you can remember of his uh, time at the club? I think it was uh, the way he linked up with, I mean, we all remember the the, uh, uh, the goals at Cardiff in the, in the, and him running down past the Bob Bank, uh, giving it the Ayatollah. Um, and, and, and old in his ear. Um, I, I I remember the way he used to link with Brian Tinian uh, yeah. and they'd obviously got together and whether it was a 40-yard pass or a four-yard pass, it was the same pass, but people just couldn't deal with it. And that's why Reading came in and bought him because Tins would slide the ball between, let's say they're playing a back four, he'd slide it between the left centre-back and the left full-back Scotty would run round the back with his pace and he got much, much better at finishing at that time and he got the goals. And I say that's why Reading came in at the time. I think they paid something like £600,000 for yeah. Uh, yeah. buttons these days, isn't it? Or as Paul Merson would, Paul Merson called uh, 48 million a cup of coffee uh, on <laughs> Sky. I don't know where he goes, but I mean, I, I go to the coffee shop down the city ground and anything like that, I guarantee no. it. Um, yeah. But no, no, I, I, that's, that would be those, those two incidents would be my my abiding memories of Scott. Yeah. And what a, what a super what a super bloke, always always willing to go the extra mile, not just for the club and the the, the stars and all the rest of it, but for the fans as well. Everybody, everybody, yeah. always has a word. Mark, your uh, any uh, abiding memories of Scott? I think he's the, he's the heart of Bristol City. Plays football with a smile on a smile on his face. He lifts everybody. I think one of my abiding memories of him wasn't the Bob Bank goal. I wasn't there to see that, unfortunately, although I've watched it several times <laughs> since on YouTube. Was I think it was a cold, windy night. God knows when. We think we were playing Oldham Athletic and he collected the ball in his own half, proceeded to run through several players and actually score at the other end in front of the Atio. Yeah. Do you know what? That- You've stolen, you stolen my thought because that was exactly the one that I was thinking of, uh, and I fact there's there's a YouTube video. I think it was two thousand and two three season, and I chipped in with the Oldham game, and I think it, I, I need to go back and find it. But that was mm. exactly that one. Picked it up in his own half, and well, gone, Mark. You finished the story. 
Well, the, yeah, I mean, I think he, 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 I think he got, we ran through and I think he got a little bit of a assist off of an Oldham player's there, but he was, it was just that, that belief. I think one of his, one of his first contributions was he played in the, in the Derby in March 98, City versus Rovers, and the ball looked like it was going out of play on the Atio byline, and he, he managed to wrap his foot, a foot around it, and there was, uh, um, and there was um, Sean Goater at the near post <laughs> to, to get into the net, you know, arriving, you know, imperiously. Right. But it's just, he it, it was all, the thing with, with, with Scott was it's timing. He he would anticipate that pass from t- from Tinian, slicing yeah, left to right, wasn't it? It was between, literally, between and it was always yeah. in front of him. It was always there for him to run onto. And it always seemed to be more when Tinian was on the left and we yeah. were attacking the Atio. Because he just pinged the ball over, and you could just see Scott dancing in from that right hand side. Because that's that... what you want. That's what you want to see more from wing backs, yeah. really. I mean, you, you saw it with Joe Bryan. I mean, especially against Manchester United with that goal to play in somebody who was, who was coming in from the left flank or the right flank should be getting shots on. Should be getting shots on goal. They really should be another a, a weapon yeah. there, not just to cross the ball into the box, but to arrive on the ball and and you know hit the ball early across across the keeper. Nothing yeah. nothing wrong with that. We don't we don't we, we don't, just don't do, do that, that enough. All right. Well, look, Mark Ian, great talking. We'll be back on Sunday morning uh, next week after the. Uh, the game against Stoke. We haven't worked out our Christmas schedule uh, yet because uh, we all got feeding and families to contend with over that time. But we'll be uh, watching uh, all the games. And um, Mark and Ian, thanks for your contribution today. And everybody, thanks a lot for listening. All the best to you all. Cheers now. Yeah, Bye-bye. thank you. Have a nice weekend. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. All the best. Bye-bye. Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. All the McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.